God's words be spoken, may God's words be heard. Amen. The Gospel today is a familiar passage, especially to any one of you who, like me, still own a copy of the soundtrack to Godspell, or who spent many youthful summers at Vacation Bible School singing, This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Y'all sang that, right? Come on. I'm not the only one that knows that song. Anyway, following on the heels of the Beatitudes, this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Every time I hear that, I think about our winters here in New Jersey, and most of them, save this one, thankfully, there's a whole lot of salt being trampled underfoot all over driveways and walkways here. But you probably already know that's not what Jesus had in mind. Actually, salt or sodium chloride was an important compound, even more so then than it is today. But oddly enough, it can't lose its saltiness. It doesn't degrade over time. But it can be mixed up with other substances. And it wasn't unheard of in that time for unsavory merchants, pun intended, <laughs> to dilute the salt with other substances to increase profits. But in essence, making the salt useless. So Jesus is warning us not to be deluded, but to keep focused on our purpose. And what is that purpose? Well, he tells you. He continues and says, you are the light of the world, imploring us to sh let our light shine before others. Well, what does that mean, to be the light of the world? Now, we've been fortunate this winter with the milder weather, although, Lordy, it was really, really cold these past couple of days, right? Yet winter is a time when we seem to value light even more than at any other time of the year in our, in our hemisphere. And even if you don't suffer from seasonal affective disorder, I doubt there are many of us that don't want to stay close to some sort of firelight or candlelight or any other kind of light that cuts through the darkness and warms our heart. But the real purpose of light is to illuminate, to overcome darkness, not for itself, but for whatever else is around it. And the primary function of light is not to be seen itself, but to let other things be seen. Light does not exist for its own sake but to reveal what we cannot otherwise see in the darkness. And Jesus is telling us that we are the light that will serve to reveal God's unconditional love and grace. And when we lose sight of that, we become as effective and purposeful as diluted salt. And so all this was coming to my heart and mind as we gathered together for our diocesan convention these past couple of days. It was, first of all, after this long pandemic, it was so good to be able to meet, to worship, to engage with one another again. I mean, there is nothing like hundreds of Episcopalians coming together, singing and sharing the Eucharist. Thanks be to God for all of that. 
And if you weren't watching, the live stream is still available. I urge you to do it and come next year because it is just amazing. Now, we'll hear more from our deputies at, at the piece of their own experience of that later. But one thing that theme that kept breaking through this convention was something that our bishop, the right Reverend Carly J. Hughes, told us on the first night. She spoke about geese and how they fly in formation. Yeah, geese. Apparently, scientists have determined a couple of things about those geese and that sky-high V we all observe flying really, really loudly above us. Now, how they determine these things, I don't know. Maybe they interviewed a couple of hundred of them. But first, they can fly long distances, like, like sometimes as long as 1,700 miles. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes my arms kind of tired even thinking about it. Anyway, we can all readily see that at the point, there's this lead goose, right? But it isn't always the same goose leading the way. They rotate in and out, depending on who feels called, in, in a sense, to, to lead, while others leverage the downdraft of the geese that are flying in front to fly a little easier when needed. And we, we certainly hear the honking from miles away, right? Scientists say that it's the geese in the back that are doing all the honking. And here's... Here's where it gets really great, really interesting, because as Bishop Hughes explained, there's the thought that these honkers are basically saying to those ahead of them, hey, you got this. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Man, we've got your back. Look at you go. Fly on. Come on. You've got this. Honk, honk, honk. I love that. How awesome is it? To have people flying with you, cheering you on, affirming your cause, that head goose, lifting you up and the like. And the other part of that honking helps the other geese, especially that head goose. Now, something important, too. Do we need to slow down? Because that honking sounds a little too far away now. So listening is important if we're to be successful on our journey. And lastly, if a goose begins to feel ill, two other geese will fly down to the ground with it and stay with it until it either feels better or it dies. Whichever way it goes, they then either return with the recovered goose or just as the two of them back to the skies. And if they can catch up to their former flock, they rejoin it and if not, they find another group and fly with them. Because it isn't about a particular group, it's about the journey. And after all we've been through these past few weeks, the, the death of Tyree Nichols, the many, many, many mass shootings, the attack on our local synagogue, if you did not know that last Saturday, when we were standing here last week, somebody had thrown a Molotov cocktail at near to Mead. Our local synagogue and so much more in the news I kept thinking about the passages for today and those geese we need to be loud we need to be loud and have our voices heard like those geese in the back do being sure 
that we are lifting one another up as we journey together, forging a new path toward a future that is good for all of our flock. And to be absolutely clear, our flock isn't this parish. It's the same flock Jesus had. It's all of God's children, every single person on this earth. That is our flock. There's another thing about those loud honking geese. That's a great metaphor for the light Jesus was telling us to be in the world. You know, in the passage of Isaiah we heard this morning, it starts with, shout out, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Well, if we're ever going to be the light to shine God's all-inclusive love, we need to begin with being a light that exposes the injustice in our midst. If we're going, ever going to make the full journey forward toward that beloved community God hopes we will be, then we must honk as loud and as long as we can along the way until we bring down the walls of hate and build bridges in their place. Sometimes we need to be the lead goose as we are able, leading others toward a brighter future, being that light of Christ. Shining the light, the path ahead. Helping others to step back and fly a little easier in our downdraft. Listening deeply to be sure no one is left behind. Sometimes we need to step back, rest our wings a bit, and follow others forward, cheering them on. Sometimes we are those guardian geese. The ones who stay with another goose in need. We must stand alongside those who are marginalized and oppressed, living in fear, dying emotionally, spiritually, and physically. That is being the salt of the earth. We fly down with them, stand by their side, protecting them, letting them know that they are not alone. And that is why so many of you were there with me at the vigil this past Thursday at Temple Neretamid, being guardian geese. We were not going to allow our Jewish sisters and brothers to stand alone after that Molotov cocktail was thrown at their place of worship in an effort to hurt them, to make them afraid. No, we stood alongside them. And we were not alone. The news reported over a thousand people, 300 of them standing outside in the cold, and others in the spillover room after the main space was filled to capacity. That, folks, is how we fly together. That's how we ensure that no one stands alone. Folks, we have some serious flying to do if we are ever going to get to our destination of God's dream for us and for all of creation, forging a path forward, acting as guardians to those in need, and being loud trumpets, that proclaim that all people are loved by God just as they are, no matter the color of their skin, how they worship, what language they speak, who they love, how much money they have or don't have, what physical or mental abilities or challenges they have, or how they vote. No one gets left behind in the great flock of God's creation. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Because we will always shout in support of those leading the way. We will always fly beside those who need us. We will always allow Christ's light burning in us and through us to lead the way forward towards God's stream of shalom, of peace for us all. Amen.